Have you ever felt a twinge of worry about AI taking over your job or diluting your creativity? Well, what if you could turn that fear into creative fuel? We've just published an amazing new ebook called The Four Keys to Success in an AI World. And this is more than just a guide. It's a deep exploration into the human skills that AI can't touch. The skills that are essential for standing out and thriving, no matter how much technology evolved. We're talking about real differentiators here, like creativity, emotional intelligence, critical thinking, and much more. Inside, you'll find actionable insights and strategies to develop these skills, whether you're a creative person, a business person, or just simply someone who loves personal development. This isn't a story about tech taking over. It's a story of human creativity thriving alongside AI. Picture this, AI as your creative co-pilot, not just as a tool, but a collaborator that enhances your unique human skills. The Four Keys ebook will show you exactly how to do that and view AI in a new way that empowers you instead of overshadows you. Transform your creative potential today. Head over to unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys. Use the number four, K-E-Y-S. That's unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys and download your free copy. You know, we've got this Puritan work ethic in our country and everybody's got to work really hard and you got to, and I, I mentioned this before, right? We work, 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 and then we get to enjoy life when we retire. And I think that's BS, man. There's, this is what life is about, is about living. It's not about working until we're exhausted and not getting to enjoy our time with our kids. Like, you know, sending my daughter to, you know, to school all day where I don't get to spend time with her. Why? Why would I do that? I want to spend time with her. Let me be with her. Let me take her to hang out with other kids and to learn and to do things like that. But I need to have resources and time in order to do that. I need to have a business that works around that. And if I'm constantly hustling, trying to make things happen, then I can't have that. And so what I learned with my GPS brain and, you know, the way that I see things is that there are really, really efficient ways that we can be in our businesses but we just can't see it because the human in us wants to make things difficult and the human in us is afraid and wants and like can only see certain limited ways of doing things. I'm Srini Rao, and this is the Unmistakable Creative Podcast, where you get a window into the stories and insights of the most innovative and creative minds who've started movements, built thriving businesses, written best-selling books, and created insanely interesting art. For more, check out our 500-episode archive at unmistakablecreative.com. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. 
Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Let's talk about aging. It's inevitable, right? But what if I told you there's a new way to age led by Solgar Cellular Nutrition? They believe, and I do too, that you can transform the way you age cell by cell with the power of cellular nutrition. As we age, our cellular function declines. Your regular multivitamins and minerals might not be enough to combat these age-related declines, and that's where Solgar Cellular Nutrition comes in. It's formulated with targeted cellular nutrients that work with your body's natural processes deep inside your cells to help you fight cellular decline and promote cell health across three benefit areas. It supports cell energy, repair, and vitality, muscle strength, and even glutathione production to help protect cells. So let's own our healthy aging narrative. Visit CellularNutrition.Solgar.com to learn more. Again, that's CellularNutrition.Solgar.com to learn more. Solgar Cellular Nutrition. We go cell deep. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Amy, welcome to The Unmistakable Creative. Thanks so much for taking the time to join us. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I yeah, it is really cool to have you here. Um, I actually have came across your work by way of a number of mutual friends who all have been former guests on The Unmistakable Creative and had nothing but amazing things to say about you. So uh, before we get into your work, I would like to start by asking you, where in the world did you grow up and what impacted where you're from end up having uh, on your life and your career? Oh my gosh, that's such a great question. So it's funny because I'm kind of in this full circle moment right now. I grew up in New York, uh, in the burbs, right outside the city, 20 minutes um, outside of Manhattan. And uh, mo- people who live in um, in Manhattan or in the boroughs always say, oh, you're from upstate. And I say, no, I'm from Westchester, which is not upstate because it's 20 minutes to the city, closer, faster than even coming from Brooklyn. So um, yeah, so I had this awesome, awesome, amazing, beautiful, wonderful place where I grew grew up on the water, um, a really affluent town. And, uh, and now, and then I left in my twenties and now, and I was gone for almost 20 years and now I'm back and, um, getting ready to, to actually move upstate. But what was amazing about growing up here is, um, New York is, is so, diverse and is so, um, you know, the energy here is different than anywhere else in the world. And I feel like, um, I say all the time actually that I'm so glad that I got to grow up here, that I got to learn to drive here, that I got to experience this kind of life where people are, you know, there's all this diversity. There's people who are really opinionated. There's a lot of energy moving. It's really vibrant and, um, and energized. And then I got to leave and experience other things. And so, um, you know, I lived in Denver for 15 years where it's a lot slower pace. And then I moved to California where it's an even slower pace there in the central coast to a small town. And, um, so it's, it's awesome because I got to have all these experiences growing up, you know, going to the Statue of Liberty and the Museum of Natural History and all these amazing places, um, as a kid and having those experiences, Broadway, you know, all of that. Um, and then got to leave and experience something different and see just how fortunate and lucky I was to grow up here. Mm. Um, yeah. Um, what impact did growing up in an affluent suburb, uh, of New York end up having on your overall view on careers and, and wealth and money? 
Oh my gosh. Such a great question. So, um, so I grew up in an affluent area and was not affluent myself. We, my, my parents divorced when I was young and my mom for, you know, almost my entire really like from the time my parents split up when I was eight until, uh, until I moved to Denver, she was just doing everything she could possibly do to keep us in our house. Um, because she wanted us to be able to stay in the same schools and stay in the house that we grew up in. And, um, and so we never experienced that affluence and our friends did. And, you know, I can remember, you know, friends on, on Christmas, like calling me up and saying, Oh, I got this and I got this and I got this and I got this and listing all the things in a TV and a, you know, stereo and all this stuff. And I'm like, Oh my God, I, that's amazing. And I got a turtleneck sweater that I really needed. That's fantastic. So, um, you know, so it definitely, um, created the opportunity for me to, especially as it relates to career, like the, the, like in school, everybody just said, what you do is you go to school, you graduate, and then you go to college. And that's just what you do. And so I kind of fell in lockstep with that, um, with that idea, which I think, you know, many, many kids do many, uh, you know, kind of normal, quote unquote, normal human beings do. And so, um, I went to college after high school and I hated it. And I wasn't, I don't think I was ready to leave home. I wasn't ready to pick a career at 18. Cause what do you know when you're 18? I wasn't ready for any of that. And, um, and I, and I left. And so I was in college for, uh, a semester and a half. And then I got super depressed and had to come home. And, um, and it just changed everything for me at that point because I came home and had to figure out what I wanted to do. And that I think was really the first step in my journey of self-discovery and self-development to decide, okay, well, who am I? What is important to me? What are the things that I want to do? And I went on a, a journey that I thought of like a really was a journey of fulfillment in my life, but I thought was going to be found through, um, through a job and just trying lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of different things. And, um, and so if you look at, I say all the time that if you look at my resume, it looks really haphazard and random because I worked in retail and I worked in fine dining and I sold cars and I worked for nonprofits and I, uh, and I, um, worked in banking and I was a project manager and a strategist and corporate and did all these different things. And none of it really makes sense in this linear fashion. Cause I kind of jumped here and jumped there and jumped here and jumped there. But all the while I was really just following my gut and following my intuition and just trying to figure things out all along the way. And what's amazing is that in the end, um, coming from this place where I, you know, I live in a town that, that is wonderful, but also doesn't fit me. And, was lockstep with the way of being that our society says to, to be and did the things that they say to do. And then was like, no, I can't, um, found my way into all these different skill sets that prepared me perfectly for what it is that I do now. So, um, it's really interesting looking backwards, like, you know, uh, Steve jobs and, and our mutual friend, Chris Winfield always reminds, reminds me of this Steve jobs quote, which is that you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking back. And so it never made sense. Then I was like, Oh, I'll just try this thing. I'll just try this other thing. And let me do this thing. And, um, and now it all comes together and makes sense for where I am in this moment in time. Yeah. What did you want to be when you grew up when you were a kid? 
I don't, I, I had no idea. I really didn't. I don't remember ever having any strong desire. And, and I always thought that that was weird too. Like, why don't I know? Why don't I have, why don't I want to be a doctor or a fireman or a ballerina or, a, you know, anything like that. And in high school, I started to think a little bit more about it and decided that I should be a lawyer because I was really good at arguing. And, um, and then I went to college and like tried to take a poli sci class or two and was like, this is the worst thing ever. No, thank you. And decided that wasn't for me. And thank goodness. Cause, um, you know, I can't, I mean, oh my gosh, I can't even imagine trying to go through all that to become an attorney or anything. But, but that was like the only idea that I ever had as a, as a young person. And that didn't even come to me until my junior year in high school. You mentioned this notion of, of lockstep of, you know, finish high school, go to college, get a job. Why do you think that social program is so deeply embedded in our culture? And as somebody who stepped away from it, how do you, how do you break that? Such a good question. I I know you, um, I think you just recently talked to my friend Kelly Sheets and I always think about, um, she always talks about being curious. And I think that we as a society have an aversion to curiosity. Um, And I think that for me, you know, mostly I just was like, I can't, this is the worst. I hate this feeling. I don't like where I am. I can't take it anymore. I can't go to class. I'm staying in bed all day. So I just kind of had to leave and try something different. But, but I think that we're afraid to be curious because we're afraid. We just don't, we just don't know what's on the other side of it. And so we have these inherent, you know, fears within us. We've got our amygdala, this awesome part of our brain that's here to keep us safe from the saber tooth tiger around the corner. But our, our, our genetics just hasn't quite caught up with the fact that we've also got this part of us, this intuitive gut knowing that works really, really effectively when we're allowed, when we allow ourselves to listen to it. And so the curiosity or the aversion to curiosity is because we've got this, this fear that there's something on the other side of making a decision that's not like the norm, that's going to put us on the outside of what, you know, what's everybody going to think of me or what might happen next? Or what will my parents say if I say I don't want to go to school? What, what will, you know, the other kids in school think? Like, I remember there was a girl who I went to to high school with who was taking the year off and I didn't and I heard about it probably like a week before graduation and at that point I was already committed to college and you know had sent in my my whatever tuition and all that stuff and I had never heard of that like the idea of taking a year off from college had never occurred to me she was going to take the year off and travel and explore and do all these things and and be because she was curious and so this idea, like we, we just have this, this genetic makeup that wants to keep us safe from the things that we don't understand and the things that we don't know and anything other than what's presented in front of us as the, the norm, I think is, can be really scary for some people. And so it requires a lot of um, courage and curiosity to be able to say, ah, I'm, I'm going to try something different. I'm just going to try something different. When you quit, uh, what what was this thing that you were most afraid of? When I quit when school, you college, yeah. What was the thing that scared you the most, and what was the reaction yeah. from your parents? Yeah, it was really what the thing that scared me the most is what was what are my parents going to think? It was mostly <laughs> what, was my, what was my dad going to think because my dad was you know was the one that was the most excited about me going and you know took me on the college visits and you know was paying for it and everything and so I really was so scared I just didn't I didn't know what was going to happen and you know speaking of of the fear the 
for most of us, I think every single one of us, probably there's some like bottom most fear that we have that if you just chase that thing down the rabbit hole all the way down, there's like one thing down there. That's the main thing that we're afraid of. And for me, it's always, always, always that I'm going to, everybody's going to hate me. I'm going to end up alone and I'm going to die alone. And so that was the underlying fear was, Oh my gosh, my dad's going to hate me. I'm going to end up alone and I'm going to die. And, um, and I couldn't articulate that then, but that was really what I was experiencing was I'm, my dad is going to hate me. I'm going to end up alone. I'm going to die. He's never going to love me again. Holy wow. What am I going to do now? And so in the end, my mom, um, was really supportive because she, you know, understood what that was like and had, had experienced it herself and had been, um, depressed as well. And when she was in school and so she really got it and, and was like, whatever you need to do, you do. And, um, and my dad eventually understood as well. Cause he knew that I was really, you know, just so unhappy there. Um, and he was definitely disappointed. And that I think was my, was part of the other fear was, Oh my God, my dad's going to be disappointed in me. Um, and so I think he was, but you know, ultimately he, he eventually got over it, which, which is great. He still loves me now, 20 years later, which is also great. What did they do for work? My dad, um, my dad has also had kind of a haphazard career. He went to school and got a degree in biology and, um, and wanted to be a veterinarian. And then when he graduated from college, he ended up going into paper sales. So selling, um, like the middleman selling paper to people who create catalogs and things like that. And then he did that forever and was in sales for 20, 25 years and then decided that he just needed to follow his heart again and went, um, back to his love of science and became an EMT and then a paramedic. He was a volunteer fireman for, um, you know, my whole life basically. And, and went back and became an EMT and a paramedic. And then, um, and then became a, uh, he was doing like a, uh, he had a director position in a hospital system for a while. And now he's teaching in a school in, um, in Queens, teaching high school kids, uh, in a special program that, that gives them the skills that they need to become, I think EMTs or paramedics themselves, something like that. It's like part of their high school curriculum. And so he's teaching them all that, which is a really nice, uh, it's a little exhausting for him at 60, almost 68, but, um, but he's or almost 69. Is that right? Yeah. Anyway, but, um, but it's cool. And then my mom has, uh, has had lots of different things for her careers as well. She, for a long time did was like a, you know, she's always been really, um, an early adopter for technology. And so like we had an Apple two E computer in our house, like first people in the neighborhood to have a computer, home computer. And, um, and so she's always been into that stuff. So she did, she was like a PowerPoint expert for a long time and, um, created, uh, like really cool, um, you know, I don't know, graphics and PDFs and things like that for a long time. And, um, and then she, uh, took a turn and a left turn and decided to become certified as a hypnotherapist. And so she did that for a while and now she's actually helping me in my business, which is really fun. Mm -hmm. Did having parents who had such a a wide variety of of careers and and different, uh, you know, things that they did as part of their career, do you think that sort of set the tone for you to be able to do it or made it easier for you to be able to do it? I don't know because, you know, when I made the choice to do it, they were, well, my mom, my mom, I guess my mom was pretty solid with her work then. She'd only had a couple different things that she was doing back then. But my dad was, was still in sales at the time that I was kind of like bouncing around. He didn't really make the choice to, to follow his passion until he was, you know, I don't know, in his fifties probably. So, um, that put me in my twenties. And, um, 
so yeah, I don't, I don't, I mean, maybe because they were so solid and I looked at that and was like, are they really happy doing this stuff? I don't know. Maybe that was what kind of got me going in a different direction. Um, yeah, I'm not really sure. They, they were both pretty, yeah, pretty solid doing what they were doing. And, um, and I don't know that it necessarily impacted that one way or another. I think it's just me deciding that I just, I just like what I, I think I said, I mentioned this before that I was really looking for fulfillment in my life. And I kept thinking that a job was going to be the way to get it. Because again, that was, that's kind of the, the bill of goods that we're sold is that we, as, especially as Americans, you know, we, we do the work, we, um, get the American dream. We, retire at 65 and we can finally enjoy our lives. We work, 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 work. And, um, and so I kept thinking, well, I, I better have a job that I really enjoy. So I just kept trying things until I found something and I want, and I really wanted, um, to have a career where I could be developed, like where somebody would see the potential in me. I'm somebody who sees potential everywhere. And that's just inherent in who I am. It's one of my superpowers and I see potential in people and in their ideas. And, um, and I really wanted somebody to see that in me. And so I, I was hoping that I was going to find a job where that would happen. I finally did the last job that I had before I left, um, to start my business. I finally found that. Um, but it took years, like decades to, to have that experience. And, um, yeah. So you mentioned, uh, before we hit record here officially that, that, you know, that you're a parent and having been somebody who dropped out of school, uh, how does that impact your thoughts on how you plan to educate your daughter? Uh, and also, you know, what advice you know, would you give her in terms of careers given your own trajectory? Oh, it's such a great question. So with my daughter, I am really, really, really committed to understanding who she is and what she's really excited about in life and letting her mostly lead the way there. I want to, I want to help guide her and her decision-making. Um, you know, she's only two and a half right now, but, but I'm really committed to, um, to figuring out what it is that she's really passionate about and helping her figure that out for herself without saying, this is the way that you have to do it because everybody else does it. I really want her to have an experience in life where she can trust herself enough to know that she can make the choices that feel good to her. And so if she wants to go to college, awesome. But I want her to decide that because that's what she wants and not because everybody else is doing it or because it's what somebody else is telling her she should do or because she, you know, saw it on TV or because society says, I want her to really decide that this is what she wants to do because it's what makes her feel like her, like the most her that she could possibly be. So I don't really care. I don't have any commitment one way or the other. All I want is for her to experience fulfillment in her life and to be happy. And, um, and, and if that means that she goes to school, great. And if it doesn't, I don't, I don't know if I can curse on your podcast, but I don't effing care. I just don't, it doesn't matter. I'm not committed one way or the other. I'm only committed to her having a journey in her life that, um, that is the, is the, is the highest expression of who she is and who she wants to be. You dropped out. So how would you change education, uh, in a way that would have not compelled you to drop out? Oh gosh. I mean, I think school when I was there was different than it is now. So there's lots of things that I would change about now. Like I don't intend to, um, I'm doing my best to try to figure out a way to, uh, to educate my daughter outside of the traditional, um, school system because it, to me, it doesn't work. And so what, what's wrong now that I see, and I think there was, there were elements of this then is that, is that we don't teach our kids to think critically or to think for themselves or to trust themselves. And that 
is hugely, hugely detrimental because I know for me, I've spent the last, I mean, really 20, 20, yeah, like 20 plus years trying to figure out how to trust myself. And that's something that we're born with. We're born with this self-trust. We're born knowing how amazing and epic and awesome we are. And we lose that. We cover it up through our life experiences. And so, you know, the job, the most important job that I have right now that I do every single moment of every day is, is helping my daughter understand that she can trust herself. And so I'm really careful with the language that I use around her. Uh, you know, I, I, I say no sometimes, but most of the time I'm trying to encourage her to understand why something is a no or why we, you know, are, are going to do things differently or, you know, whatever. I try to explain things as often as I can so that she can critically think and understand what, you know, what works and what doesn't for her, how she can trust herself and not have to feel scared. Like, like I know I grew up feeling, I grew up feeling immensely worried about what other people were going to think or what other people were going to say. And I don't ever want her to have that experience. And I think that so much of that comes from this feeling like we have to just, we just show up, they tell us what to do, we do the things, and then we get a gold star. And that's how we define that we're good enough, that we're okay enough. But what if that's not? What if we get to define that for ourselves? And that's what I really want for her. You know, it's interesting because I have struggled with that uh, idea of being worried what other people would think probably for the entirety of my life. It's something that I still think about to this day, and I think it's, it's probably one of the most toxic social programs that we receive. But on the flip side of that, I think you have to balance that with the fact that we have to exist as social human beings and deal with other people and trying to find the balance between those two things. How do you how do you find that? Well, I don't have it figured out yet, but I can tell you <laughs> that um, that I totally agree. And so I think that there's, um, you know, there are extremes to everything, right? You could be somebody who says, you know, F you to everybody. I don't care. I just don't care. And I'm going to do whatever I want. And then you become, you know, the, the person who lives in a cave and is perfectly happy living in a cave by themselves. But, you know, to me, one of my... Um, maybe my core value is connection. And so it's really, really important for me to feel connected. Um, but I think that part like, and that's, you know, to others, right. I want to feel connected to other people. I want to feel connected to you in this conversation. I want to feel like your audience is connecting with me. Um, that's, that's really, really important to me. Relationships are really important to me, but at the same time, I think we have to start with ourselves in order to be able to create the most effective connections externally. Like it has to come from our internal first. And so, you know, for me, that looks like, feeling like I am okay everywhere all the time, no matter what, no matter what, no matter how ridiculous, dramatic, uncomfortable, weird the situation with another person or people might be, I just have to know that I'm always okay. You know, and I'm going through some, some stuff in my life right now that could easily be, you know, from the, from the external could easily be judged as, as holy, wow, your whole world is colliding and collapsing and oh my gosh, how are you doing it? And I, and, but I know that I'm always okay. And so it doesn't matter what else is happening. I'm always okay. Always, 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 even by every standard that normal humans would say, wow, you're totally screwed. I'm, I'm actually always okay. And so when I can, oh, and my daughter might be running in right now. And so when I can know that, so when I'm always okay, then it doesn't, then it really doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. And at the same time, I can still connect. I can still connect with you and also know that the more okay that I am with me, the more room it gives you to feel okay with you. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Let's talk about aging. It's inevitable, right? But what if I told you there's a new way to age led by Solgar Cellular Nutrition? They believe, and I do too, that you can transform the way you age cell by cell with the power of cellular nutrition. As we age, our cellular function declines. Your regular multivitamins and minerals might not be enough to combat these age-related declines, and that's where Solgar Cellular Nutrition comes in. It's formulated with targeted cellular nutrients that work with your body's natural processes deep inside your cells to help you fight cellular decline and promote cell health across three benefit areas. It supports cell energy, repair, and vitality, muscle strength, and even glutathione production to help protect cells. So let's own our healthy aging narrative. Visit CellularNutrition.Solgar.com to learn more. Again, that's CellularNutrition.Solgar.com to learn more. Solgar Cellular Nutrition. We go sell deep. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. That sense of being always okay, is that something that you have developed over the course of your life? And if so, how and how do other people do? Yes, it's definitely something that's been developed over time, for sure. Uh, I, you know, I can remember, so when I, when I left college, I came home and was super, like severely depressed, severely depressed, trying to figure my life out, didn't know where I belonged, what I was doing. I'd failed. I was a disappointment, all of those things. And so I, I, I felt like I was at the bottom of, you know, I, I, I had hit rock bottom really for, um, to use a cliche term, but, um, and from there I just, I just became 
curious and I started seeking. And so it started really with therapy. I just, I just didn't know, like I was 18, 19 and was like, I guess I need to go to see a therapist. Let me go do that. So I started there. And then, um, and then from there it just became, it's just been a journey and it's always a journey. It's just an ongoing journey. It just continues and continues and continues every day. Um, reading books and, you know, meeting people and connecting and having experiences. You know, I think that, that for me, the most, um, impactful tool has been awareness and creating awareness of myself and, um, and of, you know, what, like watching my mind and what my mind does. And, and it helps so much to spend time with the right people who are also on a journey like this. So, um, I heard that Jim Rohn quote, Um, right around the time when I started my business. So just about five years ago, which is you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And it hit me right in the center of my being because I had been thinking to myself, wow, I'm not getting traction with my business yet. I'm not, and I don't really understand why. And then I heard that quote and I started to look around at who I was spending the majority of my time with. And my friends were wonderful people, but nobody was a business owner. Nobody was as driven or as passionate about making change in the world as I was. And, and it, I could tell it was showing up in, in my results in my life and in my business. And so, um, spending time with the right kind of people who are moving in the same direction that I want to go in and who are on a con- who also believe that they're on a constant journey of self-discovery has been really important. But having that, um, developing that self-awareness to watch my mind at all times has been, I think the key, the other key element, because it gives me the opportunity to see what's happened in real time and to be able to say, and to be able to say, um, yeah, it gives my mind the opportunity to, um, it gives me the opportunity to see what my mind is doing and to say, wow, that's just my mind. I'm actually, okay. I'm actually just fine. You know, I'm here. I'm, this is, this is, this is me present. There's nothing in my immediate danger, like in my immediate, uh, experience that's dangerous. I'm actually just fine. And, and then it helps me quiet my mind. And so I think those two things really like who you hang out with and being able to have that presence of awareness have been the the main drivers. And those are the things that I'm constantly, uh, focused on day to day is, is, is amplifying and, um, continuing to, to grow in those two areas. Wow. Earlier in our conversation, you mentioned that fulfillment was something you thought that you would get from a job. And I'm wondering if you didn't get it from a job or from building the business that you have, where did you ultimately find it? So, yeah, great. You have such, have such great questions. So I thought that I would found it in my last career before I started my business. Um, I was working for uh, a Fortune 25 financial company. And I had been given the opportunity to grow. People saw my potential, helped me, um, helped me grow in my career. Um, I had my last job there was kind of a, a coveted position. I was, um, working in strategy and, um, project management and, you know, was able to work from home and, you know, was making great money and had an amazing boss and a great team. And it was easy and it was fun, but, it was, there was still something missing and people would look at me and say, you're crazy. I mean, even my, um, my husband was, you know, was like, you're out of your mind. Why would you ever leave this job? You know, like, that's just crazy. You love it. It's great. 
but it wasn't enough. And so there was this feeling of it's just not enough. I've, I've done all these things and it's just not enough. I needed, I needed to feel that deep sense of fulfillment. And so, um, and so I started my business and I, and I left my job ultimately. And, and I think that really the, the two things that have created three things, the three things that have created the most fulfillment for me where I've actually been able to experience it and feel like I've satiated that desire are becoming a mother. Um, it, you know, again, it might seem like a cliched thing to say, but it, it really has completely changed my whole way of being and, um, the intentionality that I bring to everything in my life. And then, um, running my business, like really being able to just be me and do embrace my values and do the things that I really enjoy doing and knowing that that's making an impact in the world that I'm creating exponential impact by, um, helping my clients connect to the things that they need to grow and to serve more. Um, that is deeply, deeply fulfilling. So service and, and, and actually doing my work. Um, but then connection in general, like connecting, to people like you, to my clients, to all the various, I've got this amazing network and I just, I love connecting and then, and connecting inward, um, as well. So those, those three things for sure. How do other people figure out what their own path to fulfillment is? I think, I mean, if they, I think it's individual for everybody. And so I think that if anything for my life were going to inspire, um, excuse me, inspire somebody else, then, um, I think the, the steps to follow, if there are any, are really just to, um, to be deeply curious and, and, um, and to be willing to be uncomfortable, be willing. I tell my clients all the time to just go ahead and vomit, do the things that make you want to puke because all the growth and all the best things is are on the other side of the deep, deep discomfort that we feel in doing them and that we don't get those big results unless we just hold our hair back, hair back and go ahead and vomit and do the stuff that, that makes us really uncomfortable. So I think having that courage and the, and the curiosity to begin with, um, is really the way because, because we just, otherwise we're just going through the motions and that's, and we, and the other thing too, is that I think that there are people who, who experience fulfillment without that, certainly, but, but in my experience that the deep, true, real fulfillment in life, um, comes from our willingness to, to like, like becoming a mother. That's effing uncomfortable, man. That, that was six hours of, of extreme discomfort, really extreme discomfort. And it was so worth it. I, oh my gosh, the most amazing life-changing best thing ever was on the other side of that ever, ever. And it was only six hours. Like that's no big deal. I get a whole lifetime of amazing out of that six hours of discomfort. It's nothing. And that's really what all of, all of these experiences are like. Every time I'm watching my mind and I notice that I'm, oh, this feels uncomfortable. Oh gosh, I don't, I don't really want to reach out to that person and, you know, like make that connection because I really do want it. And I know that there's really great things on the other side of it, but it makes me uncomfortable. And I, and I feel like they're going to judge me or I'm going to, I don't know what's going to happen. Or maybe I am going to actually get the result that I really want. And then what, what does that mean? And what might happen then? And oh my gosh. And, and I watch my mind and then I go, okay, this is just my mind. And, 
I can do it and I'm going to be okay. And oh, by the way, the growth that I really want is on the other side of it. I want that fulfillment. So let me just go and do the thing. Um, and then it's fine. And then I go, and then I'm always going, you know, think to myself, what the hell was I waiting for? It's so stupid. It was so silly. Hmm. Well, let's do this. Let's shift gears. Um, I want to actually talk about your work, uh, which we haven't really gotten to. We've kind of danced around the edges of it. Uh, you know, I had a chance to meet you in person, and it was funny because I, I walked away from it thinking, I know you personally now, but I don't know a lot about you in a professional context. Uh, but I did spend some time uh, doing some research on you. And a couple of questions come up. You know, you've had all these meandering careers. You mentioned the idea of you know only being able to connect the dots looking back. And I'm wondering if you have found a through line uh, from all these various work experiences. And then I want to get into this notion of hustle free, which I know is a big part of your message. And, you know, I think the thing that stood out to me on either your about page or one of your pages was hustle free and $64,000 in a week. I thought, okay, wait a minute. How'd those two things happen in the same time? So like three questions in one. <laughs> okay. Well, tell me the, what was the first part again? I missed well, the first part. You know, when you look oh, back at line. all these various careers, uh, mm-hmm. what do you think has been the through line? Um, so I think that. I don't know that there's necessarily a through line so much as, as it was skill sets all, uh, all coming together to build the trifecta of awesome that that creates, um, what I'm able to do now. I, you know, like, I, and the through, really, if there were a through line, it's just that I trusted my intuition to say, all right, cool, I'll try this thing. No idea why I'm going to try it, but I'm going to try it. Um, and at the time, I don't think I could have, like, if somebody had, had told me then that I was trusting my gut, I would have and that that was actually a, a skill worth having or a quality worth um, patting myself on the back for, I would have been like, whatever, I'm just, I just need a job, man. But I really did. I was listening to myself, to my inner guidance. And, um, and so that would have been the through line. Um, but then there were all these skills that I got. So like working in fine dining, I learned about amazing customer service and how to give, you know, an amazing client experience. When I sold cars, I learned how to be really deeply curious and to qualify people and to understand what they need and how to match them with, you know, what they need and, and want with what we have and available and finding them the right resources. Uh, working in nonprofits, I've learned a ton about how to bootstrap and do things, uh, you know, without much direction. Um, and then working in strategy and project management, I finally was able to put my, I, I say that I have a GPS brain. I call it a GPS brain. My, when somebody tells me something that they want to create or something that they're trying to do, my brain kicks into gear and I see a map form of all the ways that are like shortest, most effective and fun ways to get to that end result that they want to create. Um, and so all those things put together, uh, help me, um, evolve in my business in the various ways that, that I now run my business. And so when I started my business, I thought that I was just going to be a life coach. I had heard about that and thought, Oh, I give great advice. I'm really going to give an advice. I should just do that. And, um, and I couldn't, I couldn't get the business off the ground for a year. I was hustling and trying and trying and trying and couldn't figure it out. And I could not make any money. I made, I think $60 in revenue my first year and not profit revenue. And, um, and then, but I learned a ton because I was like taking courses and working with a a high level coach and doing all these things. And I learned a ton about marketing and online business and, um, lead generation and all that stuff. And, and, um, but like taking my, my skill set of strategy, you know, I would, 
I would talk to other entrepreneur friends and I'd sit with them for 15 minutes and help them map out an entire strategy to create something, an offering or whatever. I remember sitting in a hotel room with some friends once and, um, and my friend was, was like really stuck on how to, you know, plan out this retreat that she wanted to um, put together and sell. And I was like, well, let's just talk about it. And so we, and in like 12 minutes, we had the whole thing planned out. I mapped it all out for her. And she was like, how did you do that? And they were like, why aren't you doing that for your business? And so my business took a turn then because I didn't even realize that it was a skill set. I thought everybody's brains worked this way that, that everyone can see in maps. I had no idea that was something, um, just my own. And, um, and so then I started doing business strategy, marketing strategy, uh, for entrepreneurs and, and, you know, continued to kind of chug along, finally started to make some money and, and figure out the business thing. Um, the $64,000 week. Uh, so, I mean, I'm trying to remember which came first, whether the idea for Hustle Free came first or the other. I can't remember. But um, what I realized was that I don't I don't really think it's necessary. Like this is another thing, you know, speaking of um, of conforming to to social norms, you know, we've got this Puritan work ethic in our country and everybody's got to work really hard and you got to, and I, I mentioned this before, right? We work, 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 and then we get to enjoy life when we retire. And I think that's BS, man. There's, this is what life is about, is about living. It's not about working until we're exhausted and not getting to enjoy our time with our kids. Like, you know, sending my daughter to, you know, to, school all day where I don't get to spend time with her. Why, why would I do that? I want to spend time with her. Let me be with her. Let me take her to hang out with other kids and to learn and to do things like that. But I need to have resources and time in order to do that. I need to have a business that works around that. And if I'm constantly hustling, trying to make things happen, then I can't have that. And so what I learned with my GPS brain and you know the way that I see things is that there are really, really efficient ways that we can be in our businesses but we just can't see it because the human in us wants to make things difficult and the human in us is afraid and wants and like can only see certain limited ways of doing things. And so I kept seeing these patterns in my clients too, where they'd say, you know, especially as it relates to marketing, that they'd want to create a funnel and do all the stuff so that, you know, they could ultimately get more clients. And I'm like, well, that's great. But what's the goal? What's the end result that you want? Because that's what like, once I can see the end result, then I can create the most efficient way to get there. So what's the end result? And they'd say, I want more clients. And I'd say, great. So you want to create this funnel thing. And I know it makes sense because everybody says they have to have one and you got, and everybody's doing it and you got to build it up. But there's like 6,000 steps to build that funnel. You got to, you know, decide what the opt-in is going to be. You got to build it out. You got to create it. You got to have a place for it to live. You got to create the lead page. You got to write the copy. You got to find the images. You got to design it. You got to build it. You got to create the Facebook ad that's going to run traffic to it. And you got to write the copy for that and find them. And there's like uh, so many, and then you got to have a nurture sequence and blah, 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 and like a million steps before you ever get to even making the offer for somebody to become your client. And so if the goal is I want more clients there's got to be an easier way than creating this 6,000 step process and having to build it and hustle and do all that work. What if you could say, I don't know, like make a list of people that you think might make good clients and invite them on the journey. That's like two steps. And so I kept seeing that there were all these more efficient, more effective ways that were also more fun because here's the other thing that we do is that we try to fit ourselves into everybody else's box and blueprint and definition of what works and what we're supposed to be doing because we don't know as, especially if we're, you know, newer in business or if we're trying to, you know, zig and, and zag and like try something new and, and get new results in our business if we're growing, we think, okay, well, let me try something new. 
And so we pick up somebody else's formula. We try to do it their way, but it's not us. And that creates resistance and that creates hustle too, because now we're trying to do it somebody else's way that wasn't built for us or for our business or for the things that we even enjoy doing. And so the closer that we can get to aligning ourselves with our values and what we enjoy doing and, um, and with processes that have worked for us in the past, the easier everything gets. And that's how we remove the hustle. And I've created this amazing business. And so I had, yes, I had a $64,000 week because I, number one, I stopped getting in my own way and I stopped thinking that I had some major problem and whatever. And I just got closer and closer and closer to me and being comfortable with me and not being afraid of inviting people on the journey and, all of that stuff. And it, and it ended in this amazing, epic revenue week. And, um, and my business has, has been that way, uh, mostly on sometimes off because I forget my human wants to make things difficult. But in the last six, nine months, I've changed my business model again so that it's really just all about connection and helping to connect entrepreneurs to their ideal clients. And so I, one thing that I know about myself is I don't really like to sell myself. I just don't, it's not fun. I love like talking to people in interviews and, you know, doing this kind of thing is amazing, but I don't really want to ever, I just don't enjoy saying like, Hey, it's $6,000 to join my program. Would you like to join me? No matter how valuable I think it is, it's hard. And I, and I just don't enjoy it. What I really enjoy doing though, is talking about everybody else that I know that's epic and amazing. And I know a lot of epic and amazing people who get results. They get amazing results for their clients. And so that's what I really want to do is just talk about other people and how awesome they are and connect them to the people that they can serve so that, because I know that entrepreneurs like us, people who are mission driven and who are, you know, creating amazing things to help people to actually help people. Like we're the ones that are actually going to change the world here. And so the more that I can help other entrepreneurs be successful by connecting them to the amazing people that I know that actually can help them get results, help them get more clients, help them serve more in the world. That's the, that's the secret special, amazing sauce that's going to help us actually achieve the result of changing the world. I have no idea if I answered your question because I feel like I took a total left turn somewhere down the road and like we're, we've gone completely off track, but that's, I, I think kind of gets to what you were asking about. Yeah, no, you, you definitely did. Um, it, it sounds to me like you have really found what your zone of genius is as a result of being able to see the most efficient path for somebody to get to what they're trying to accomplish. And how do you help people find their own zone of genius or find what that thing is for them? That's a really good question too. So I don't, I don't really help other people find that. I mean, I think that they, like the people that come to me these days, especially because, you know, now what I do so much more is I use that GPS brain to see the best, um, the best connections to make for people. You know, I think that, that as entrepreneurs, it's really easy for us. I don't know if this is true of you, but it was definitely true of me um, and has been before. It's really easy to go searching for the right solutions that we need in our businesses and the right resources, but then not know what they are. And we were talking about this a little bit before, um, before we started recording too. Like you're talking about how you, you know, you're hiring people to help you with your book launch because, you know, that's actually something that you've learned that you need. And so, I'm guessing that you probably asked around and vetted before you hired somebody. Yeah. Um, right. And so a lot of times for entrepreneurs who aren't as well connected as you or I are, um, that's hard to do because we don't know where to find the people we search on Google. We, you know, we look in Facebook groups, you know, we, we just kind of stumble on things that we hit, we click a shiny Facebook ad that seems really like they've got great marketing and stuff. And it's really easy to find 
resources that don't necessarily get the results that these entrepreneurs need and want. And because I know so many people that I've vetted who are so valuable, you know, like our friend Chris Winfield, who's amazing and getting people publicity and PR. He's like the master at that. Um, you know, my, my friend Majid, who's the most epic rock star, uh, public speaking coach you've ever met. Like there's all these people that I know who are, who are amazing at what they do. And so I think it's, um, I think it's really easy as entrepreneurs to get sidetracked and to not know where to, um, to how to connect to those things. And so I use my GPS brain now. Oh, and to think that we need the wrong thing at the wrong time. Like so often, like I was saying about the funnel, like we think we need a funnel or we think we need to fix our website or we think we need to do X, Y, Z thing to get ABC result. When in reality, the most efficient way is to, you know, do this other thing instead to like go find somebody to help get you more exposure to get the leads or because that's going to be way more fun and exciting for you. And so if I can help like the people that I help, they, they know already what their zone of genius is. They're really clear on that. And they just want to help more people with it. And I'm here to just help them either find those people or find the resources that they need to help them find more of those people. Mm-hmm. A few final questions for you. Uh, this is something that I, I've been asking a lot of people, I think uh, mainly because of a 40th birthday coming up, but I'm wondering, has your definition of success changed with age? Mm, definitely has definitely has because you know to me life is just evolution and so I think definitions of everything change over time and I'm so excited to see what it'll mean five years from now but it certainly has because I think you know thinking back to the conversation earlier about being you know a high school student who thought she had to go to college and get a job and figure that out at 18 when you don't know an effing thing about anything in life um, that was what success was and then um, and then after that for a long time success was finding the job that was going to give me fulfillment and then after that for a long time success was finding the right relationship so that I could uh, feel loved in my life and right now success is a day where I am completely present. I'm able to spend time with my daughter and enjoy her and li- and hear her giggle and laugh and um, and knowing that I've had an opportunity to serve and in a way that that feels really good to me. And again, tomorrow it might be something different. You know, a year from now, I'm sure it'll be something different. But um, the more me that I can be and the more present that I can be right now, that's what the definition of, of success is for me. Mm. Wow. Um, well, this has been really, really great. And, uh, I have one last question for you, which is how we finish all of our interviews at the unmistakable creative. What do you think it is that makes somebody or something unmistakable? I think that I kind of just said it. I think that the more that it, so to me, it all comes down to energy. And so anytime anybody has ever made an impact on my life, it's because of the way that they've made me feel, um, and that could be good or bad, right? And not, and not that there's even any judgment around it, but like either I felt, wow, I just want to lean in and 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 get more of that. It's it's because of their energetic way of being, and um and and the more comfortable that they are with themselves, the more comfortable I feel like I can be with myself. And that to me is is the juice. That's when I'm like, oh, I, I need more of that. I just want to be around this person. I want to soak it all up. Let me just get like, oh, oh, yes, I have to have more of that. And um, yeah, so I think the more comfortable with ourselves we can be, the more resonant we become with others, the more unmistak- unmistakable we can be. 
Awesome. Uh, well, this has been really, really cool. And I really appreciate you taking the time to join us and share your insights and your story with our listeners. Where can people find out more about you and your work? Ah, oh, thanks, Trini. This has been awesome. Thank you so much for having me and for um, having August pop in and, uh, and join us as well. But yeah, um, best way to find me is on amyburks.com or you can search for me on Facebook and join my um, We Get Results community. That's uh, an awesome place where I get to feature a new super friend every month, one of my awesome uh, people in my network who get amazing results for entrepreneurs. Um, And it's a really fun place with just lots and lots and lots of value happening. So they can find me at amyburks.com or on Facebook in the We Get Results community. Awesome. And for everybody listening, we will wrap the show with that. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Unmistakable Creative Podcast. While you were listening, were there any moments you found fascinating, inspiring, instructive, maybe even heartwarming? Can you think of anyone, a friend or a family member who would appreciate this moment? If so, take a second and share today's episode with that one person, because good ideas and messages are meant to be shared. Have you ever felt a twinge of worry about AI taking over your job or diluting your creativity? Well, what if you could turn that fear into creative fuel? We've just published an amazing new ebook called The Four Keys to Success in an AI World, and this is more than just a guide. It's a deep exploration into the human skills that AI can't touch, the skills that are essential for standing out and thriving no matter how much technology evolved. We're talking about real differentiators here like creativity, emotional intelligence, critical thinking, and much more. Inside, you'll find actionable insights and strategies to develop these skills, whether you're a creative person, a business person, or just simply someone who loves personal development. This isn't a story about tech taking over. It's a story of human creativity thriving alongside AI. Picture this, AI as your creative co-pilot, not just as a tool, but a collaborator that enhances your unique human skills. The Four Keys ebook will show you exactly how to do that and view AI in a new way that empowers you instead of overshadows you. Transform your creative potential today. Head over to unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys. Use the number four, K-E-Y-S. That's unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys and download your free copy.